here he comes, linking web, having fun. Peter Park, that's my name. Mary Jane, be my hun. Super smart, super strong, and I'm saving everyone, cause I'm. Yeah, you got my spider sense thriving In the dark, I'm your night, but I don't need a robin Taking pics, making green, and I don't mean goblins Episode 163 for December 2011 The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com They have today's comics at yesterday's prices And a spider example is on the amazing Spider-Man number 679.1 the description says this is a great jumping on point for the book, and it features the return of Morbius, the living vampire. So I know Kevin's going to love this one. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for just a buck eighty-five, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, Webheads, to our last show for 2011. In this episode, we answer your dozens of message board questions to round out the year. So let's dive right in. Proto Goblin. Bertoni, how many more months are we looking at before new Clone Saga episodes? Well, actually, there's been a lot that have been recorded that you just haven't heard, but I'm not going to give a definitive date because, well, that just turns out to be embarrassing for everyone involved. So all I'll say is stay tuned. You, you're the one that. Li- <laughs> anyway, Donovan, you get a question this month. Look at this: Chuck Norris versus Sonic. <laughs> Who wins? Also, what are some of your favorite comic series besides Spidey? You know, the funny thing is, there's actually an answer to the first question. Because, okay. Because, and I will put this in the chat right now. Um, I've seen. I'm not seeing this movie, but I've seen this poster before. And if you follow this, there's a movie called Silent Rage where the tagline is thusly: Science created him. Now Chuck Norris must destroy him. So, so essentially, there's an entire movie dedicated to Chuck Norris battling science, and if Chuck Norris is is the main character, then you assume he wins. So I wow. suppose Chuck Norris based on Silent Rage, but I'm sad because I love science. Chuck wow. Norris could be an extra, and he'd still win. Okay, this is making me. This, I know this it, is, it nearly broke. Making me want to pick it up. It, it ch- starring Chuck Norris, also Ron Silver. But at the very last, it says, and Stephen First. You know who Stephen First is? That dude from, uh, oh, Animal House and also uh, Babylon 5. He's a big tubby guy. Can you imagine Chuck Norris going up against him? I just think that's funny. Kill him. Um, wait, talking about comic series, didn't you mean like characters or titles? Well, I think your favorite is Batman, and Spider-Man's a number two, if I remember correctly. Very is that right? Num- very close number two. It's Batman and Spider-Man at the top, and then it's like everything else. Um, Cassandra Cain, Batgirl, uh, uh, Robin, Nightwing, Daredevil, uh, Green Arrow, Punisher, Static, and Chew. There you go. Oh, cool. JR, when you get right down to it, aren't the Borg basically just a bunch of super communists? They do have that whole collective thing going on, and what do you think of Peter well- Weller apparently being cast as the villain for the next Star Trek movie? Uh, well, Proto Goblin, I realize that you are asking me, J.R. Fettinger, this question because I, J.R. Fettinger, am a Star Trek fan. So that is <laughs> why you're asking me, J.R. Fettinger, this question. You also read my um, hands a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, very good slot impression. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard about the Borg being super commies, uh, which, is, which is true enough. It is it's kind of amusing. Uh, I, I do like the casting of Peter Weller. Um, there's a lot of speculation over whether it's going to be, you know, this role is going to be similar to the one he played in the Enterprise series uh, and how it ties oh, yeah. in with what is now looking very likely to be the return of Khan. Uh, yeah, Sorry. Uh, but no, I, I I like it. I really do like it when sci-fi franchises cross-pollinate actors, and Peter Weller's a good actor. So uh, I, um, you know, I, I was good at Dexter. I don't yeah. know if you watch Dexter. No, I, I don't. Robocop. Yeah, he, yes, he's Robocop. Yeah, maybe he's a Borg. Yeah. <laughs> well, they said no Borg. He's a Borg this. cop. Uh, but you know, they, as far as I'm concerned, though, I mean, they pretty well effectively closed the book on what I consider my Star Trek. Uh, with the movie in 2009, and I say that as a negative. Uh, I did like that movie, but you know my generation Star Trek's clearly over, and I'm not 
you know, I'm not really hung up or, or care that much what they do, but uh, I think I, it is a good move to cast uh, they, Peter Waller. If they do go with Khan, I mean, he's only had two appearances in 40-some-odd years, so there's a lot of story that you can do with Khan. Yeah, that's the one thing. I hear people continually gripe about, oh, you know, it's a retread, it's a retread, you know, and, and one, I have two answers. One, like kind of like you said, the last time we saw Khan was in a movie made nearly 30 years ago. I mean, yeah. you know, people get real. Uh, and for all you frantic sci-fi, I mean, you frantic Trekkies, in which I'm, I'm a frantic Trekkie, but I mean, come on, people. The movie can't only be for you, you know? <laughs> it's yes, got, it's got to, uh, it's got to appeal to a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people know Khan, you know? I mean, the, and, you know, the, the, the Star Trek franchise is very weak internationally and, and needs a, a real boost to get its international numbers up and, and still prove its viability as a franchise. So if they want to use Khan, why not? Exactly. Zach, what, what uh, writers wrote Ben Riley the best? Uh, John Mark Mateus. Yep. Uh, John Mark Dimitez. John Mark Dimitez. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would say also Tom DeFalco did some pretty good stuff with, with Ben Riley. But John Mark yeah. Dimitez. Uh, Dan Jurgens did a really good job with his six yeah. or seven issues. Uh, but obviously, I mean, I've, I've repeated it. Uh, I mean, especially the first half. Now, the second half, obviously, Dimitez was not around. So I would I would say that it instantly bumped up to DeFalco uh, and Jurgens. I, I thought uh, DeZago. Yeah, especially, I love uh, especially in the latter half, was really good with with Ben Riley. Um, but but of the the best, the very best, the echelon is is Dimitas. Okay, Steve Rogers from New York City, Jr. This old cub, the late Ran Ron Santo, finally gets to call for the hall. Thoughts? Well, Steve, you came through. I figured you would either ask me this or you'd ask me a question <laughs> about uh, Theo Epstein and Dale Swain. But uh, and you came through, buddy. Thanks a lot. Um, uh, <laughs> I was going to do the I J R Fettinger, but or uh, <laughs> and, but the thing is, now I have to explain who Ron Santo is. So, but uh, <laughs> Ron Santo um, played third base for the Chicago Cubs during the 1960s and, and early 70s, and, and he was the the best third baseman the Cubs have ever had. He was probably the best third baseman in the National League at his time. Uh, he and Brooks Robinson were the premier third baseman. Uh, and, you know, if you flip a, you know, Robinson was the better fielder. Sano was the better hitter. Uh, flip a coin, you know, depending on what kind of offense, offensive holes you needed to fill, you couldn't lose with either one of them. Did he belong in the Hall of Fame? I, you know, I like Santo. I'm glad he got in. It's a shame he didn't get in while he was alive. But even though he was the best at his position at his time, I still wonder if the Hall of Fame is for the people who transcend the game. You know, you know the Babe Ruths and, and, and as far as the Cubs go, Ernie Banks. You know, Ernie Banks transcends the game. Ron Sano does not. But I'm glad he got in. Cool. Uh, Zach Joyner of Clone Saga Chronicles. Uh, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. This is Brad Douglas talking. Uh, I see... <laughs> Zach, I see I was beaten to the question, but still, man, the Clone Saga Chronicles is starting to seem like MASH, or that 70s shows for younger audiences, where the show about the subject is lasting longer than the subject itself. But seriously, can't wait to hear uh, the new content. Eat me. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Steve. I'm kidding, Steve. Speaking of Steve Rogers, I do have a little minor announcement. Early in his football season, he gave me this giant bet, and the, whoever won the bet... Uh, whoever loses the bet has to pay the money to the Joplin Relief Fund on the Red Cross. Well, I had never accepted it, but with the Giants playing his team and my team, the Cowboys playing today, of the day we're recording this, I wanted to say, yes, let's go ahead and do it. So we do have a bet, him and I, that we're going to that we're going to go for, for Joplin and, 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 and also possibly – I think uh, enjoy each other's micro brew if if whoever wins. So very nice. So if if Brad wants a case of beer, then we ought to throw Brad a little bone. <laughs> no, throw throw Brad a case of Mountain Dew. Uh, okay, uh. Yeah, we'll get you a case of Mountain Dew. There you go, <laughs> Donovan. Uh, amazing Spider-Man reviewer. Uh, welcome aboard to the normal <laughs> crawl pod. 
What rereading project for a podcast has been your favorite to do? The older stuff from the 60s or the rereading stuff that's been that you read while growing up in the 90s? Well, because of my age, uh, I got into Spider-Man during the Clone Saga in the 90s. And um, I didn't start reading The Essentials until I was about like just starting high school. And I have that much uh, sooner in my mind. Um, so rereading the stuff for Clone Saga Chronicles was a lot more fun because like, it's so dated and it's so cheesy and it's so awful, but it's awesome. So the 90s. Well, you're awesome, cool. dude. <laughs> Kevin, is there anyone's acting style in particular that you're trying to emulate or at least influence the way you'd want to perform as an actor? Uh, no. Um, there are a lot... Sorry, yawning, stretching here. Um, there are a, a lot of actors out there who I've been influenced by and inspired by, uh, definitely, but there's nobody I want to emulate, uh, because if I'm just trying to do what somebody else is doing, then there's really no point in me being out there. If you're going to be an actor, you need to bring your own voice to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm influenced by a lot of people, but there's nobody that I, that I want to quote-unquote be. Okay. Uh, gang, anyone know about this project Marvel had in the early 70s where Axe, apparently British, records songs about various characters? One has a group called Icarus doing the Fantastic Four, and allegedly this is a project of the Paul McCartney song Magneto and Titanium Man was written for. Allegedly, since when I heard it recently, it's the first I ever heard McCartney and Wings connection to the earlier project. Of course, the latter would see release circa 75 when the project was Icarus was apparently 70-71. What? Have no idea. New this sounds a, like a Bertoni question. I have no idea. It might not no be. No clue. <laughs> Basically, okay, uh, let me try to let me try to decipher Steve Rogers isms. Uh basically there was a a project, a recording project in the 70s that were of songs that were based off of Marvel characters. And a band called Icarus did Fantastic Four. Now, M- McCartney did the song called Mag- Magneto and Titanium Man or wrote the song. Okay. And I guess the if it, he's basically asking, has anybody heard of this, and has anybody heard the songs? No. no. You guys mentioned Magneto and Titanium Man on a previous podcast, but I've not heard the song. I don't know I've what he's talking about. Sorry. Brad, I think I have a plan called Operation Send Brad to San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. Hey, I'm up for that. Long story short, cover the con for Brad's beat. Remote, remote every morning from the marina behind the convention hall, so it becomes a work expense. And since you have the zoo, SeaWorld, and Disney World, and tons of great stuff for Mrs. Crawlspace and Ava, all in general, I can double as a Douglas family summer 2012 vacation. Boom, there you go. What do you think? Lots of money, baby, while we're getting the money. <laughs> Word. Okay. I like that plan. Uh, I, I say, hey, hey, I say... We do a fundraiser. Oh, Lord. I, no, there are better fundraisers. Yeah. Than, like Bertoni's yeah. cause, I think it's better than getting my ass to San Diego. <laughs> anyway, no, I, it'll happen one day when I'm not paying big daycare bills. Uh, Greg XB, New York. Kevin, if you're on, and yes, he is on. So, since you're going to play Brad Douglas in the Crawl... Oh, good God. You're playing Brad Douglas in the Crawl Space movie. Who would you cast to play the rest of the Crawl Space panel, yourself included? This ought to be good. Okay, I've actually given this some thought. My uh, man. So, okay, I'm playing Brad. That's apparently a given. I'm not sure if I said that at some point or if you just made that up. Either way, it's fun. No, no you did. Uh, I remember... Uh, I don't remember the context, but I do remember you saying that. I can deal with it. Um... <laughs> so, for everybody else, for me, uh, sadly, I think Seth Rogen's probably going to play the part. Uh, <laughs> I'll bear that cross. Um, for JR, JR has got to be played by Jeff Bridges because oh, JR does yes. a great Jeff Bridges impersonation. I bet Jeff Bridges can do a great JR impersonation. <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, I like that. That was awesome. George. <laughs> back. George Berryman would be a very obvious Burt Reynolds, let's face it. Um, 1970s Burt Reynolds, yeah. not the 90s now. Exactly. Even even now, he can you know he can get that bravado as long as he has his mustache. Um, Bailey was a tough one. I think uh, I think Bailey would have to be played by the late great Christopher Reeve. It's just too perfect. Um, That'd be wild. <laughs> Bailey played by a tall. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I, I was thinking. I was thinking um, who's the guy that played the little troll? In, uh... Oh, oh that's <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Anyway, back on track. Uh, I'm not sure why, but when I thought of Bertoni, I just thought J.K. Simmons. Um, I, I, I can see the uh, the uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Snark all over Bertoni. So there you go. Oh. Um, 
Donovan, <laughs> it's Donald Glover. I mean, let's face it. Actually, that, that popped in my head as well. Yeah, That's good. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a black man in a Spider-Man costume. What do you want from me? <laughs> I think of Donovan every time I watch Community. Yeah. Um, and Stella, even though she's no longer with us, would have to be represented in the Crawl Space film. I casted Kat Dennings as Stella because I'm inappropriately in love with both ladies. Uh, oh. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me Google who is Kat's Kat what Dennings. She was the girl from the Thor movie. The, 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 the oh, oh. Who I was referring. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And we only have the one left, right? Yeah, the one uh, person not cast, last but not least, Zach. I, I thought about this for a long time, and I think the person that could represent Zach the best is Miley Cyrus. You're such an ass. This is going to be the greatest movie ever. Coming wow. soon, 2014. Don't for great, but <laughs> oh, cool. that was so cold, but so true. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Miley Cyrus playing Zach Joyner in the Crawl Space movie. <laughs> Jr. According to Bendis, in an interview, instead of getting a new suit of armor, hammer, Hydra, and aim. That sounds like a sentence. Like everybody, hammer, Hydra, and aim. <laughs> are going to provide Norman with new powers. What are your thoughts? I am very skeptical. Uh, Just get a new character. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, nothing says that they would they would have to last past this particular story arc. But uh, man, I got it. The, uh, the, the execution definitely had, uh, has to be there because Norman doesn't need them. You know, he he, he doesn't need them. So super. Oh. Yeah. So I will see, but I'm very skeptical. Maybe I missed it, but did they talk? Oh, Bendis in an interview said, "Okay, I see. That's I, I, did, I missed that part." Bertoni, Betty Brant with the Venom symbiote. What happened? We all died. <laughs> Remember in Shed, where like yes. you know the lizard mind controlled everyone, and there was sex everywhere. Imagine that <laughs> times a thousand. <laughs> and then a month. Yeah. Yeah, and and somehow it'll all be Peter and Flash's faults. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say Peter and Flash going at it. Uh, Donovan, what's your favorite Spider-Man story of all time? Okay, uh, I have two, and they're very for selfish personal, not only personal, but selfish reasons. Um, the first one is uh, JMS's coming home, his first arc um, with John Romita Jr. Uh, because I, I had read Spider-Man, you know, then I was I was always a fan of the character when I was a lot younger. But when I was reading that, I was like, you know, hitting puberty and I was going through adolescence, and I was feeling a lot of teenage angst. I was reading that. I felt that Spider-Man was my hero. It was like, it was, it's hard to explain, but like he was just going through fighting moral and then just getting beat up and he wouldn't give up and everything. I just really fell in love with that story. I never get tired of reading it. I love the art. I think it's a perfect story. And the ending is one of the most logical and well done endings in comic books ever. So that's uh, one. <laughs> and the other one, for completely selfish reasons, is uh, the Spider-Man-Batman crossover done by J.M.D. Mateus and Mark Bagley. It's Spider-Man-Batman yeah. fighting Joker and Carnage. is drawn by Mark Bagley, written by J.M.D. Mateus. Nothing of that doesn't kick ass. So, those two. <laughs> I haven't read that one since the 90s. I liked it back then, but it's it's still holds up, huh? Dan Slott hates it. He does. Why? Wow. Oh, he was Slott. He, he was on, like, a Word Balloon podcast, and he, like, said something along the lines of, oh, I want to see them throw a battering and shoot a web. I don't care about, you know, basically the same criticism that JR had. I don't care about, you know, that Carnage and Joker had bad childhoods, and that's why they're bad guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zach, do you think Jessica Carradine is still a viable character, or has her story done? Um, I think I think her. you can do more, probably, with her, but, I mean, mostly, for the most part, her story's done. I, I think it's a viable character. I think anyone from the burglars family or etc. However, as we as JR so eloquently put, the the son and the daughter <laughs> going after <laughs> and not communicating could be done horribly. Uh Brad, Spider Man's Amazing Friends gets the live action treatment. Who is the villain and did the producers keep Miss Lion or toss her off the Brooklyn Bridge? Second option. Yeah. You gotta keep Miss Lion. I love Miss Lion. Hollywood would make the, her into like a CGI wisecracking dog. That's true. The villain, I mean, go for something unique that hasn't been seen, like Video Man. Come on, we <laughs> want to see Video Man. Have him pop out of an old school eight or a '80s arcade. Set the movie in the '80s. Why not? That'd be awesome. 
And this one for everyone is Daniel Daniel Kingsley, a victim or a willing participant? Who's Daniel Kingsley? Roderick Roderick Kingsley's twin brother. Oh, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Roderick Kingsley's twin. Got it. Go. I think he was a... I think he was just a dope. Okay. He was every time he did something, he was very, very reluctant. So, like, willing, no. But at the same time, like, there comes a point where there's more Daniel Kingsley could have done the stop things. But the only time he was ever active was when he pulled a gun on the hobgoblin, and then that that ended up with the hobgoblin finally being a mask. So he's not very effective, or maybe, or maybe he is but inadvertently. Yeah, he he saved Betty Brant's life. For that, I'm forever grateful. <laughs> Agent Michigan. His location is a place Brad can't pronounce. I love it. Well, it looks like Kevin's right after writing his second new Avengers 14. Bendis is uh, leaving the Avengers title. What do you all think of that? Kevin, hit it up. Um, I, I can't really make much comment since I haven't been reading Avengers or New Avengers since like their first two or three issues. Um, I've always I liked Bendis on the Avengers for a long time, but honestly, even I got a little burned out on it. Um, yeah. mostly because of the universe-spanning events every year that it always became a tie-in with. So I mean, my question is, they put on it and what they're going to do yeah. with it, but that's all I can say right now. My question is, where does he go? Does he go to the X-Men? I think they've just rebooted the X-Men. I don't X-Men. think he needs to go anywhere. He's, he's still writing plenty of titles. Well, what, well, you take away his Avengers work, what has he got? He's got an Ultimate Spider-Man. He's got Ultimate another Spider-Man. new series he's got out. Powers. He's got Powers. He's got Scarlet, doesn't he? Or, he's yeah. doing a book with ba- Bagley. Called Brilliant he, or something like that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so he's still got four or five books a month. He rests. That's what he does. Rests on the. On the yeah, exactly. It, it's the end of an era. Like, it, it, it really is. Bendis created the new Avengers in seven years, and on the eighth year, he rested. <laughs> <laughs> but he, those are all. The three out of the four or five we named was creator owned, so I don't. None of them are that big of sellers. I think he's going to go on to something that will be a huge seller, I would think. Like, where could he go? Like I said, I don't think he needs to go anywhere. <laughs> but to the whole, maybe, whole cast. Maybe DC? <laughs> no, Lord. <laughs> to the whole cast, why do you like Spider-Man? What about him that makes you enjoy him so much? I think we've hit this one up a lot. The Everyman character, the relatability. His sex and life. The, and the never and the, give up in this. The give, give up in this. I'll never forget the time when my girlfriend turned into a giant spider and I forgot to check in on her. Ooh. She got that Bertoni tattoo. Sheesh. Uh, to the whole cast, how do you relate to Peter Parker? Do you relate to his life, his problems, his love life? Because we all know Jr. back in his days went after busty women in tight spandex. Yes. <laughs> you forgot the big, big hair. I like big hair too. So. <laughs> not lie. Uh, kind of similar. I think the. Previous question, relatability, every man. I relate to Spider-Man more than I relate to 95% of the black characters in comics, to be honest. <laughs> I really like, like, Luke Cage pisses me off, and the only one, one, they're very, very, like, if you write a character who... Modern Luke Cage or 70s uh, Luke Cage? 70s Christmas. Luke Cage. Sweet right. freaking Christmas. Like, like yeah. if you write a character who race doesn't affect you at all, like, 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 you don't think for a second about his race, and you can just relate it for him, like, across the world. Because Spider-Man's like a worldwide, like, not phenomenon, but, like, you know, you know people he appeals everywhere. Then that's pretty much why he's popular. It's, it's sort of like a uh, a no-brainer. Do, you, do we relate to his problems or his love life or his life, I guess, is more of the question. Because he's the everyman. We relate to him. I, I relate way. to how he approaches his problems because, I mean, he he can have problems, but, like, how he how he handles them? It's it's not not so much like oh gosh I got homework and girl problems and super villains. Oh. No, it's like you know, okay I gotta do this I gotta do this I gotta do this and he's like kind of takes it one That's at a time good. and with with good yeah. humor. How he's divided in his life. He has to do this task and that task and it splits the middle. Jr. If you're still listening after my last comment, now that Bendis is leaving Avengers, do you think Norman might return to being a spider villain? Uh, I was actually going to answer the last one. Uh, like Don, uh, I too relate to Spider-Man better than 95% of the black characters out there in comics. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, now that Ben, well, it depends. I mean, is Bendis leaving Mar? Well, he's leaving Marvel, or is he leaving his, you know, his position as the grand architect of the Marvel universe? I mean, if he if he's 
You know, I mean, if he's just going to work on another title, he'll probably make that title the center of the Marvel Universe, and you know, everything will revolve around it. Uh, but if ben, we think of, I'm sorry, what do we think of Bendis coming to Spider-Man uh, and, and not, taking slots to the curb, not but, while slots around, probably. So, um, I, 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 mean, I, I don't think I, Bendis. I don't think Slot would have much of a choice if Bendis said he no, wants to write Spider-Man. I don't, I don't think, think so Bendis either. wants to write mainstream no, Spider-Man think, right now. I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. Um, but um, you know, uh, if uh, I don't, I don't. Jeez, I'm getting so old. My dentures are falling out. Um, <laughs> if Bendis is no longer calling the shots on what happens Marvel wide in the Marvel universe, I would say that Norman probably has had his day as a Marvel universe villain and will go back to being a Spider-Man villain, uh, which would be fine with me. Uh, but if Bendis is still call, Bendis is still calling the shots, except from the X Men or something, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Norman go, winds up going over there. So, yeah. Uh, another question to the gang: What do you think of Bendis' swan song, Avengers versus X Men? Big names like Cable and Jean Grey are coming back allegedly. Also, Brian Michael Bendis said after the event he would leave Avengers on a high note before leaving. They're all smoking weed. That's what he means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care, and that's not me, you know, degrading them or anything. I just um, th- those are characters that aren't interest to me. If I was a cable fan, then I might care, but I'm not a cable fan. I'm a cable fan, and, and they they had this book back in the '80s. Uh, Did they really? They fought Avengers versus X Men. Yes. Oh wow. They they fought over a Magneto, if I remember correctly, the United Nations or something like that. And I think Roger Stern wrote it. Come think of it. It'd be cool, but it's like another. Yeah. It's like you know, on one hand, another event. On the other hand, it's an interesting idea. So, well, it'll be interesting to see where Wolverine and Storm side because they're now Avengers. Oh yeah. Instead of so, that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm game for it. it. It's it's kind of a thing that, like we talked about, Marvel releasing two books a month. I understand. Avengers and X-Men sell. Why not fight, make them fight? And you know I what? mean, I understand that. After uh, skipping the last event or two, I'm going to try it. Avengers oh, okay. versus X-Men sounds like fun, so I'll, yeah, I'll give it a does. shot. Cyclops punching Captain America in the face and over Kab- and over again. Man, Agent Mid- I, I need to talk to message board posters about their signatures. Caboose, that is a huge thing. My gosh. Mm. Uh, sarcasmic. Well, let's do end-of-the-year questions. Oh, that's appropriate. Uh, to all, going forward into the new year, aside from Spider-Man, what would be the one Marvel book you'd choose above all others? Oh, that's a good question. Venom. I'm enjoying Venom. Uh, anybody else? Daredevil. Hold on, I'm thinking. JR, what do you read besides Spider-Man? Mm, nothing right now, to be honest, uh, other than you know whatever Norman's in, and... Uh, other than that, you know, I, I'm not reading anything at 3.99. You gouging jackasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jr., you must have set up a Red Bull before we started recording. You're on fire this episode. Um, wait, that new Avengers with Norman that came out this past month was really good. I thought. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, X Factor, little known book that more people need to pick up. I'd pick that one over a lot of them. You know what? I think of the ones that I'm actually reading, I'd have to go with Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. It had Mephisto in it too. Yeah, lots of Mephisto. Lots of Mephisto in there. If you like the devil. Uh, (laughs) Anybody else? Don? Uh, I said, I said uh, Daredevil. I'm really loving it. Daredevil. That, that is very good. I'll give you that. Uh, to all, your favorite storyline of... Let's just do amazing. Uh, your favorite amazing storyline of 2011. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, 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 no. that, that two-parter where he was dealing with uh, Marla, Marla Jamison's death. I actually thought, I loved that, that two-part storyline. I really did. Yeah, that was good. Where he was dreaming or whatever, and they had all the people... That he's killed. Or yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I thought it was very. I thought it was Slot's best Spider-Man work ever. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. I, I agree with you on that one. Anybody else? I'm thinking. I'm trying to figure out if there's one I've liked. There's Spider Island. I'm trying to think myself. Uh, there's that awful one that Bertoni hates about Betty Brandt in the in the in the hospital where oh, Flash that, walked. 
that oh. everyone hated. <laughs> Everybody hated. Well, you especially hated. Actually, that one. St- I think Stella defended it. I didn't That's why she's it. off the show. No, I'm try- no. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's that one with the anti venom and and that cop for, that's related to Jean Grey. Yeah, it was called the Return of Anti. Anti-Venom, and it was uh, bad. There's the one with, where he teamed up with the new uh, the Avengers Academy. There's the yeah, one... Yeah, it was surprisingly not that good either, even though I love Christos Gage on Avengers Academy. I'm pages. I'm going back for the previous year. Um, there's the one with the... He fought zombie pirates <laughs> with the Fantastic Four. Well, yeah, there you go. that was great. Um, the one where uh, he... Mourn Johnny's death. Oh, yeah. Not uh, that great. Then there was the one where he got the new suit for the sniper that had something lodged in his head. That was part two <laughs> of, the, uh, that of the of yeah. the Marlon Madison one. Or the... There was 654.1 where it was all a Venom issue. And then there was the new Avengers one where with the Revenge of the Spider Slayers was February. In January, it looks like was the intro of the new Hobgoblin. So that's well, your eleven stories. Um, I'd have to go with I think the uh, Revenge of the Spider Slayers. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it's uh, it was, yeah. it was decent. Has some good moments. Anybody else, Jr. What do you like? What's your favorite this year? You know, I I. I I have to take the fifth on that right now uh, because I really don't know. I've been looking at some of my ratings from the previous shows and and I've, they're incomplete. Uh, I uh, the ones that I see I rated issues six sixty two and six sixty three the highest. That must be yeah. the the death or the the uh, the wraith story. Uh, I'm thinking that was it, um, but I, I really uh, have to take take the fifth. Yeah. Looking at the issues right now, 662 was the second part of the Avengers Academy crossover. 663 was the first part of the Return of Annie Venom. Oh, yeah. well, no, I couldn't have been them, so, okay. All right, let's start plowing through these. Uh, let's see, where were we? Um, next poster is Iron Patriot from China. To all, thoughts on the Muppet movie. Bertoni loved it. Anybody else seen it? I'd love to, but I haven't. Kevin, let's go. Nobody? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to. I've not, not seen it yet. I did, too. Bertoni and Don, are there any plans for another show with Mr. Wilson? Maybe one covering a new series, Doctor Who. I'm going to miss ASM Classics so much. Josh? Don, nobody will miss it more than us currently. No, not currently. There will be no John Wilson, Donovan Morgan Grant, and Josh Bertoni podcasting. That collaboration has run its course, and there is no going back. To Kevin, do you agree with me in that the Rose was much more interesting with Eccleston than Tenet? Um, there was a lot of interesting pronunciation in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, are we talking about Wilson Fisk Rose? Doctor Who. We t- no, we're talking about Doctor Oh, oh gosh. Uh, okay. I thought that was a Spider-Man The sidekick Rose, uh, whether she was a better, I, I assume, the love interest thing between Eccleston or David Tennant. I wouldn't say she was better with Esselstyn. It was a different thing. I, I, I enjoyed both of their dynamics in turn. It was actually grew deeper, I think, towards the end of David Tennant's. But um, but no, I wouldn't say one one or the other was better. I liked them both quite a bit. Have you seen um, season four yet? No, I've uh, I stopped at season three and then I jumped back over to Torchwood and I'm only a bit through season two of that. But there's too many new shows in my Hulu queue. I can't get back to it. <laughs> To JR, when Slot leaves, how would you want his run to end? In what direction should the series go with the new creative team? Personally, I really like Peter as a success, uh, a good scientist <laughs> and superhero, so I'd like them to stick with that. I don't even know what I'm going to go for with this first question. So, JR, what do we do when Slot leaves? I I don't know. What I want to happen won't happen. I want one more day to be reversed. I want Peter to know, May to know that Peter is Spider-Man, Peter and MJ married, Spider-Man off all superhero teams. I do like the, the successful scientist gig, to be honest. I think you could get a little bit more out of that because it hasn't been done before. And, and because, frankly, I think going back to take pictures for a newspaper is not only uh, old ground, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not even. Even it's not even technologically logical these days. So, right. to all of you, this is from uh, Abul Aziz from the Lonely Desert Lucky Luke resides in. 
to the gentleman in this group, which is all of us, if a Venom boogeyman popped out from under, out of your closet, would you expect him to say something other than we want to eat your brain? What would you do if they, he or they popped out? I need an adult. The, I mean, <laughs> if a typical monster came out of my closet, team up. Team up, yeah. <laughs> I'd say this is the best episode of Trapped in the Closet ever. <laughs> In the, uh, BD. In the words, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I would say, uh, in the immortal words of Henny Youngman, take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me, your podcast speech and your voice are awesome. Thank you. I read a Java book. What's a Java book? Just for Java language? I don't know. I read a Java book, and the instructions seem to read as if you say them. It's fun. Got into his head. Ooh, I am the narrator for your brain. brain. <laughs> James Earl Jones. Your brain. Bertoni, thank you very much. That was very nice. Bertoni, sheesh, you hate Betty Brant because she's a cheat. Or at least that's one reason. Oh, but after reading Hulk, it seems like the name Betty is that kind of a taboo in Marvel. Betty Ross Talbot kissed Samson before becoming a widow, though just once. Would you hate her for that? Do you hate Betty Betty Ross, too? Um, I don't know enough about Betty Ross. And for the record, I don't hate Betty because she's a cheat. I mean, that's one of the things. It's because when she cheats... And when she gets caught, she blames it on the person who she's cheating on. It somehow becomes like somebody else's fault. I am, I'd, I'd yeah. kind of have to see how Betty Han- Ross handles herself in the situation, truth be told. Donovan, congrats on joining the podcast, Thank even you. if I'm not sure this is your first time. No, he's been on a few times, but not as a regular panelist. Don's going to be uh, fill in and help us out to fill out the show. So when George's like- not here, I'll be here, so... No, well, you, there, potentially you could have George and Don on the same show. Because so, there like are plenty of shows where two of us can't show up. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, since every version of the Green Goblin... Holy cow, Donovan's getting Green Goblin questions? JR is going to be pissed. Ever since, <laughs> every, since every version of the Green Goblin in cartoons before the spectacular Spider-Man animated isn't given proper justice based on today's portrayal of him, what is your favorite version of the Green Goblin and why? I, I guess agree. I think... I think that um, – oh, yeah, he might be doing this because I do the uh, cartoon reviews. But I right. genuinely liked Neil, Neil Ross's portrayal in um, the 90s show. I thought – I know he did the amnesia, amnesia thing, but in fairness, at the time, uh, Norman was dead. So that's what, that's what he was in the comics. And I thought that Neil Ross did a, bo- a great voice for both Norman and the Green Goblin. I thought that the first episode where you know he was kidnapping J. Jonah Jameson and the Keep and all that was incredibly psychological once you actually sit down and watch it with a, a new perspective. They were all very well animated, and I thought that I, – I, I, like just like him saying, like, I'm the Green Goblin, I thought that was uh, at the time perfect. So I, I, really, I really enjoyed that, that version. Uh, JR, Alex Ross, remake of Green Goblin looks awesome and creepy, but he looks more like a carrion. Would you care to read a story based in an alternate reality, having a, a design for a Norman clone, and him being renamed? What would you consider an alternate name for him, considering the Goblin design is used? Uh, no, uh, no alternate <laughs> Norman Goblin clone stories. Uh, <laughs> although I, uh, I would. But, but you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him do that costume. I mean, really, there's no reason. There's no reason Norman has to have just one Green Goblin costume. He can have several yeah. for different occasions, depending on who he's fighting. Or he could show up in that one and just say, "Oh, this is my Halloween costume." Yeah, exactly. Zach, hi. Nothing else to you. Just so you won't feel left out. Oh, Zach is the sad Zach. That's mean. Oh, hug. Bertoni, give him hugs. Hi. I'm just gonna take my nap over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, take my nap over here. I'll be, I'll be good. Kevin, at what story did Jeff Johns turn bad? Any hopes for Jeff Johns getting back on top, or even good? Can you still feel the same love for his stories he wrote before his quality going down the drains in your eyes? <laughs> okay, well you portray it a little bit worse than I've ever said it is. <laughs> I wouldn't say <laughs> Jeff Johns turned bad. Uh, he didn't get an alien symbiote or anything. Um, it's Dark Johns. <laughs> I mean, he's he's disappointed me to be sure. Uh, I feel like what he's putting out right now isn't as good as what he has put out. Um, it doesn't affect like older stories to me. I mean, his his first Flash run with Wally West is still brilliant. His uh, his old Stars and Stripe comics are still fantastic. Um, 
I do look, I guess I will say, I do look at some of his earlier Green Lantern stuff with a little less enthusiasm now just because he stayed on it so long that I'm so sick of it. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I completely, under, I don't think I completely agree with the conceit of the question about him, you know, getting back on top or anything. I mean, sales-wise, who am I to argue? He's still on top. I mean, his yeah. Justice League and Green Lantern and Aquaman, freaking even, Aquaman, all dude, selling gangbusters. <laughs> um, yeah. Just because I've gotten a little burned out and I'm, I'm disappointed with some of the decisions he's made, doesn't mean he's bad. Venomaniac, to all of management change tomorrow from the top down at Marvel and Spider-Man was married to Mary Jane again, do you think that would be a major increase in sales or many fans too jaded to care anymore? We kind of hit this up earlier in the show. I, JR, you pretty much agree, don't you, that sales, I think they'd be the same. Yeah, I, I don't think there'd be yeah. uh, that much of an uptick. Uh, I think a lot exactly. of I think of, I think with comics, I think a lot of people who left, for whatever reason, are never are not going to come back. Right. Um, so... For a month or two, yeah. it might go up, but then it's it, it, then it's, go back. it's curiosity numbers. TNR one hundred five from Gotham City, BD the Muppets man. What's your review? Being from the Muppets Tonight era, I was disappointed. What we got of Pepe, Rizzo, and Bean B Bunny? Are those three not in it? They're in Josh? it, but they have like cameos. Oh, okay, dude, I need uh, me some t- Pepe. I love Pepe. Yeah. I'm a king prawn. <laughs> Bertoni, due to your feelings about continuity, what do you think about them retconning a classic fan favorite to the origin of Harley Quinn? I just don't like reboots and new origins and continuity in general. Um, regarding Harley Quinn's new origin, I'd have to see what it is. I was I, I only heard about this a few days ago that Harley was getting a new one, and it's like her origin is so... Simple. I don't even know uh, her original origin. I think she's a fan of the Joker. She was what, the Joker psychologist. She was his. She was his. Psych, oh. She was his psychiatrist. And he, what they do to her now? I don't know, but she Something dresses. To do with sex. She, she huh. dresses sexy. She does sexy things. So I think they're go, going with that from the Arkham games. Um, yeah. Actually, that's that very well may be the case. Some. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. Um, I'm. But I hate general reboots and new origins in general. Yeah. Donovan, I haven't read the Bat book since the DC New due to Babs walking and then replacing the Red Robin book with Batwing. Nothing against the character. So what do you think are the most interesting, disappointing highlights um, of the Bat books? Uh, Batwing's actually a decent character. It's a decent book. It's uh, somewhat worthwhile. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Batwoman is really good, especially that last issue. Batman and Robin is good. Batman is good. Uh, disappointing. Batgirl is still betrayal officially. Um, they've not. Uh, they've not. They've not uh, pretty much justified why she's Batgirl again, and it's it's crap. Uh, I, I dropped it after three issues. I can't believe how bad that book is. Um, yeah. Uh, Red Outlaw is, is a, a sexist piece of crap. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like it goes beyond the Starfire's mangling. It's like Roy Harper can't understand why uh, he can stomach a girl saving his life. Ooh. Um, so it's like there's a lot of bad books, like I think ten of them, half are good and half are bad. So um, uh, use your own discretion. Do you like Do you like Dark Knight? You know the re- the, re- the original uh, David Finch written volume Dark Knight was was pathetic, but um, oh it was it was really bad, man. It was hilariously wow. bad. This current volume is not nearly as bad. I don't. It's not one of my favorites, but it's not. I don't dislike it either. It's 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 just there for me. But I do like the art. I do too. JR, who is Joey Z? Just kidding. What do you think of Norman's dark new Dark Avengers team? Uh I liked his old Dark Avengers team better. Um I don't know who half these people are on his uh uh on his new Dark Avengers and plus Bullseye Venom, Moonstone, they all had more supervillain street cred than this current bunch. Who is the guy that's the six arm Spider Man? Who is that guy? He's one of the guys from he's one of the um, he's he's the big giant spider from the Osborne miniseries. He was uh, he was in that. Man, I don't uh, remember that. He was in that deep down lockup underwater lockup with uh, with Norman and uh, a handful okay. of other characters. I just I guess I overlooked him. They just happened know. to place Norman in a prison with a big spider guy. Really? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kevin, was there a reason given why Guy Gardner was never affected by parallax when he had the yellow ring? You know, when I saw this question, I had no idea what the hell you were talking about, so I googled <laughs> it. Um, I know apparently this this was Guy Gardner in like the '90s had Sinestro's ring, and oh yeah, 
I have no knowledge of that period of Guy Gardner history, but what I can say is at that point, uh, Parallax and all that stuff wasn't in continuity, and that's why he wasn't affected. Okay. Jeff Zach, you didn't, got... didn't explain it away enough, I guess. Zach, you got a good one coming your way. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Ben Riley was cloned, do you think he picked up Peter's sexuality? Oh, God, I saw this one. Okay. If ben, if ben was gay, would that mean Peter is, has latent homosexual <laughs> tendencies? Though he, this is may be colored by the debate about whether sexuality is genetic or that if you're asexual coming into the world and your sexual preferences develop as you grow. P.S. I'm not calling Ben gay. I actually, Ben gay. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoyed the stories involving his tragic romances with Jessica and Janine, and I'm just asking this to bust your balls. Plus, since Stella's gone, I need an outlet for the complex. Deep question. So, is... Okay. If, it, if they clone everything, you would think yeah, exactly. If he, he would like every women, every single memory of of Peter, and he and he remembers his feelings about those memories. Yeah, I mean, because that's when you read the clone saga, he frequently talks about, you know, it's difficult to be have the entire life of another man because you have the, all those emotions and feelings tied to those memories. So clearly. It's impo- I mean, unless it's you know, impossible. <laughs> it's pretty much impossible. But that, by that, by that, I just like the word Ben Gay. I mean, just <laughs> I just think but, that's fun. By those context clues that you get from his inner inner thoughts and inner monologues. No, which is why Ultimate Spider Woman pretty much has to be a lesbian. In fairness, though, isn't Ben really, like legitimately like a different? Not just you know completely, but like he, isn't he a different person because of experiences from Peter Parker? Who knows? Um, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I guess you could say that. And and you know, if, I guess if he had had a really really negative traumatic experience, I suppose you could sit there and say, you know, with, with women or something. You what know? does that mean? My head hurts. <laughs> just me too. Uh, moving on to R. Hagen I, I've from seen people that's happened before. Just, just let's Conway. just move on. Thank you, Conway Thank you. County, New Jersey. Let's keep this monster of a segment a little smaller by asking a question for the whole panel. What's your favorite bad Spider-Man stories? Example, Hypno Hustler. I'm going to go with Maximum Carnage. I go so with that your too. favorite story that is crap. Exactly. <laughs> it's Kevin? I tend not to like stories that are crap. But. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Anybody got an answer? Maximum Every- Carnage. I'm trying to think. It's hilariously bad. The um, Carnage. You got one, Josh? I'm trying to think. I mean, it's I don't know if this is considered a bad story, but I, I love it for how we're... Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, brother Power, Sister Son. <laughs> oh, God, that was awesome. I think the Marvel team of JR mentioned this this month is awesome. The other, the other uh, one that's hilariously bad for, for so many reasons is the Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one issue. Oh my God! Oh, how can we forget, how can we forget Secret Wars oh. two number two where he taught the Beyonder how to take a leak? That's that's, <laughs> that's my pick though. Like like the the yeah. limited issue that we did where Kane was in a Spider Man costume that sucked, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was Jr. You got one of you know I tried to think the one you know other than like what we've already parodied on. Uh, history and Spider-Man and, but, but I, yeah. you know, I just can't, you know, it seems the ones that are really, the ones that are bad, I mean, I, I can't stand. <laughs> so I don't have one. Okay. Uh, Lady Spider from Themyscira to the group in real life. If a superhero like Spider-Man was around and a guy like Jameson was telling everyone that he has, he was such a bad guy. He was, how do you think the general public would treat Spider-Man? I think Spider-Man would be very popular. And you would see, kind of like you do in the Marvel Universe, little kids playing Spider-Man, wearing shirts, etc. I think he'd be very popular. And and as when he web-slinged off, I think the paparazzi would follow him. And he'd always have to try to hide. I think that um, as being apolitical as possible, it would be a lot like politics, essentially. Some people would, some people would uh, follow him. Other people would go on news channels and berate him, and it would be like something that's not clearly defined in real life, whether he's good or bad. It would yeah, be we, very, very split. Yep. Yeah, like, he's a menace! Ah! Yeah! Bertoni, I've always been confused about Mary Jane's college history. Can you explain it? It is something that you should be confused about, yeah. Um, a lot of people assume... Graduate? 
Is she a graduate? No, she no, she didn't graduate. Um, yeah. A lot of people. Uh, oh, am I about to be interrupted? Nope. No, no. Okay. Okay. No, somebody peeked out the door and smiled at me. I didn't. Wasn't sure if they were going to come out and interrupt. Okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people assume that like in the Ramita days, you know, Peter, Gwen, Harry, MJ, all at the coffee bean hanging out. You know, that like MJ was going to college with the gang, but she wasn't in college with them. At that point. In fact, like, there's one point where, like, for almost 20 issues, like, she goes to Florida with Aunt Anna and she, like, comes back. And you you can't do that for 20 issues if you're a college student. So, I mean, she she was working, but she wasn't in college with the gang. There wasn't, like, a big announcement like, hey, it's MJ's first day at college in one issue. It was sometime around the Conway run. I'm even thinking that it was after Gwen dies, which is the first time that you see her, like, on campus holding a book, talking to the professors. I, I think it might be... Um, I may, I might be wrong in this, but I think that the first explicit reference is when the, um, that vulture, it's either, I think it's that vulture arc where like Mary Jane witnesses a murder on campus or something, or in the first Punisher story where Professor Warren talks to her with a book. So when Peter graduates from the undergraduate program, like that summer when they're on a cruise ship and Mary Jane brings a date, it's an ESU star quarterback. So you're assuming she's still going to college with everybody. But because Peter's in the graduate program and MJ was written out of the book, you know, you don't find out what her college status was. And then she leaves New York for a year and she works. So if she graduated at that point, they didn't say. But you later find out after the clone saga when she goes back to college to major in psychology that no, she stayed an undergrad. And right before the reboot, and I think it was the last issue of Sensational, The Gathering of the Five, um, she did drop out of college when she was offered to go back to modeling. Um, mm-hmm. there was also, there was also like, like when Harry Osborne attacked at the Green Goblin, she'd lost the semester because she was in the hospital recuperating. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like the, the doctor told her that like, uh, that she had to take some time off, but, but, but by the time of, uh, issue 151, the issue that JR covers, like she's back, she's, uh, like holding books and spying on Harry by the water fountain. Um. Jay, uh, here, I, I might edit this out. I might not. You won't. You see what <laughs> J, JMS just wrote? What? Jesus! Holy Part shit! Part three. <laughs> oh yeah. Take it outside and try not to track mud on the carpet on your way out the door because this discussion is fucking concluded. <laughs> 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 Look it up. This ain't a school, and I don't have the time. Is what he said. He said, "Take out if you have problems." He's talking about whacker. <laughs> Yeah, he's talking about Wacker and the people discussing the the post and the and the the thread and the oh my god, <laughs> this is fucking concluded. I love it. Okay, I think we have one last question, don't we? Of uh, there's Mary Jane and Wheat Cakes is our last one from Canada. Uh, hey gang, it started a thread about this, but I'm curious to what the panel's personal opinions are on since past. Speaking of JMS. I know Kevin has said a few times he liked it, as do I, but it's clearly a diverse storyline, and I'm wondering which of you enjoyed it and what... Dismissive, sorry. Divisive. 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 Divisive, My goodness. And whether you did or didn't, please share why. Thank you. Kevin, why do you like it? Uh, Because it's a good, well-written story with really good art, uh, even if it's kind of a strange impetus. I just really, really freaking dug it. JR, do you hate it or love it? I wrote a whole essay on it called Sins Past and the Cult of Gwen. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, four parts, compelling story, two parts went into the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, to sum it up, the people that haven't read it. Do you <laughs> do it, do uh, not know uh, what it is? Of your article. No, 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 of your article. Is it? Is oh, it, you mean uh, I.J.R. Fettinger, who write articles on SpideyKicksButt.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, uh, well, the, the gist of the article was that it was a compelling story, in my opinion, for the first four issues because, you know, here was Gwen, who had the, the, the Spider-Man's virgin princess, who had this massive, who had this horrible secret uh, from Peter, and you know, it was like classic soap opera angst. But then the last two parts just fell completely apart because obviously JMS had to change the story midstream and, and, you know, we had wanted to be Peter's kids. Right. Right. And, you know, he had, you know, he introduced the gray goblin and, you know, had the, the goblin daughter falling off the bridge, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, anybody else? Why is it a good, who, who loves it? Who hates it? I really like the story. Um, and the only thing I don't like about it is that there's no possible way if you read the original issues, this could have ever happened. But, 
when I first read when I first came out and I found out that that Norman and Gwen had gotten together, I literally laughed all the way from the from the comic book shop to my house. And um, <laughs> I was like, I, I said, I went to my brother. You got to see this. Look at this issue, man. And um, it was actually there was so much talk about it online. Then I uh, that's how I found Spidey Kicks Butt reading the since past articles, and that's how I found the crawl space. So I've always liked it for that reason. Wow. Oh. Wow. Nice. Look at that. I'm with um, JR. I loved the first few parts, and it fell apart fast at the end. And one thing with – there's a very tricky balance between Peter's superhero world and his human world. Like, And I think that there's some things that should be separate. I mean, obviously, it crosses over all the time. Ned Leeds and Harry Osborn, you know, became goblins, stuff like that. But, like, the idea of the Silver Age girlfriend having mutant children that are, like, 20 years old trapped in the body of six-year-olds, like, that's just – it's it's a little too much for me. I think I I don't. It's and like it, it fell apart towards the end, and the sequel was even worse. And it's they've been trying to sweep it under the rug ever since, with the exception of the American Sun miniseries. Yeah. All right. I I, I don't know if I like it or, or hate it. I, I I just think it's out of character for Gwen to lay down with Norman. Or is it? I really do. <laughs> I, I I I just that. Doesn't work for me, and I, and if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Uh, wasn't it a mandate by Kusada to JMS to change it from Peter being the father of those twins to Norman? Yes, yes, wasn't it? That's what I remember and you, correctly. And you I mean, couldn't sweep it under the rug if it was Peter's kids, because you can't like have Peter have two children out there that are three. Yeah, he he has three kids out there now. If that Wait, was oh, yeah, story yeah. went through. Baby well, May. In 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 this case, I I have to side with Casada one hundred percent. I I do so, not uh, think they I do not think they worked as Peter's kids, and I think he definitely made the right call. Well, I would have to side with him, and that it would have been a terrible idea to make him his kids. I do not side with Casada, and that his reasoning is Peter and Gwen never had sex. Oh, well. <laughs> oh yeah, agreed. Here, how about we have it a clone's kid? I think a that... clone a clone banged Gwen. And had kids, but that doesn't work. Wait, a clone? Well, there's, been, there's been a clone of Gwen that's banged his enemies. With a oh, how about Warren the, Miles and yeah. all that? Well, Gwen died before the clone saga, but anyway. I, <laughs> and, and the story's a big continuity headache in and of itself, because, like, oh, Gwen went to Paris for six months at one point, and it was never mentioned in the books. It was London. Which, yeah, she, she went to London, but it's like, oh, she went to Paris, like... And she didn't come back until The Incredible Hulk. It's, there's just so much stuff that you can't even squeeze in there. It's... Like, right. oh, and she was pregnant this whole time, and, like, she stayed skinny, which, that does happen. Like, you do hear stories about that, but come, come on. And no, I, I wrote this on the boards, but, like, I think if Gwen had uh, a twins with one of her friend's fathers and came from another country, she would be, like, not only, like, like physically, but visibly different, and Peter would have recognized it, whether he's Spider-Man or not. Yeah. All right, that's the last question. Any final thoughts? Let's go around the horn. Zach, final thoughts? Huh? What? All right, Josh. Final thoughts. Yeah, that's Zach. All right. Um, don't, yeah, please, um, please donate to the Kickstarter campaign. It's on the front page of Crawl Space. Um, or you can search for it on Kickstarter. Help a young Star Wars fan with special needs tell his story, or just search for the links, which uh, should be, and it, it they'll be there if you look hard okay. enough. But yes, good cause. Please donate. See Muppets. <laughs> Don, thanks for filling in. You did it good as usual. <laughs> All one time. No, thank thank you very much for having me. I feel like I come full no circle. I'm glad to have you on on as a regular. Oh, it's, it's it's an honor. Thank you very much. All right. Any final thoughts from you, sir? Um, uh, talking to me or somebody else? No, no, Don. Don. Okay. Um, dbznextdimension.libson.com coming soon, and uh, keep reading comic books. There you go, oh, Kevin. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Science. <laughs> Kevin. Are we going to have you in January? Are we going to start the month off every month of 2012 with Kevin on the episodes? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll find out. We're going to take it on a month by month basis. Uh, I'm glad I was able to be on this one. This was this is maybe one of my favorite uh, recording months. This Me too. Fun. The uh, dramatic reading was a good time, and JR was on freaking fire with the JR month of history. The sun's um, <laughs> And I really loved the casting question. So it's uh, it's yes. been a good time all together, and thanks for having me as always. Jr. Final thoughts. Outstanding episode with you, sir. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, no, uh, no, Brad Douglas, host of the Spider-Man Crawlspace podcast. I 
I, J.R. Fettinger, panelist on the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast, don't have anything to add. Okay. Brad Douglas signing off for the Spider-Man Crawl Space. <laughs> Along with J.R. from Spidey Kicks Butt, we appreciate Read it. Read Scarlet Spider, number one, January 4th. And that's a wrap on this episode and for the podcast in 2011. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for their dedication throughout the year and for helping us pay the bills. Another example of their great prices is on the third issue of the Carnage USA miniseries. The description says that Spider-Man battles Carnage and a possessed Avengers team, and he's out to save the heartland of the country. Now, the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. For the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.